0: Hola, bienvenidos a Spanish with Carrie podcast. In this podcast, you'll learn more than the language itself. You'll learn efficient and effective ways to practice so that you can reach your unique goals with Spanish. All this coming to you from somebody who became bilingual while not living in a Spanish speaking country. Spanish is one of my passions, and teaching is my calling. And I look forward to learning with you. Let's get into it. Se baila así, se goza más. Se baila así, se goza más. Se baila así, hay que ritmo sabroso. Se goza Porque más, es el ritmo yo lo gozo. Se baila así, así. tú quieres palachar. Se goza más. Looking forward to today's episode. What we've got on the menu today is we're gonna start by looking at eight tips for language learning that will guarantee your progress. And in part two, we're gonna look at some pronunciation hacks and have a little pronunciation practice session. Starting with eight tips for language learning that will guarantee your progress. Guaranteeing your progress, that's a bold statement. I don't say things that I can't stand behind. These tips are coming to you from somebody who speaks eight languages, which is Nacho Girl. I really respect polyglots. (laughs) I wanted to use the official term for somebody who speaks multiple languages and that term is polyglot, but when I say it, I feel like I'm referring to a Teletubby, (laughs) regardless of what they call themselves. I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who speak multiple languages and are out there creating content and sharing really valuable tips for learning language. Right, because I've just learned Spanish. I speak two languages. I'm bilingual, not multilingual. Now, I have a lot to offer you guys as far as learning Spanish. As far as this language specifically, I've studied it for 16 years. But people who have put themselves through the process of learning a language multiple times have really fine-tuned the process. They know how to learn efficiently and effectively, which is my goal in teaching my students. So I like to learn from them. I use them as a resource all the time. So I saw this post on Instagram yesterday from a guy named Ali Rogers. You can find him on Instagram as I will teach you a language. (laughs) All one word, no underscores, no silly business. I will teach you a language. As I said, the man speaks eight languages, so I value his input on the language learning process. Let's take a look at his best tips for learning a language. Numero uno. Consistency matters more than just about anything so study a little every day. Consistency matters more than just about anything, so study a little every day. I love this piece of advice and I love that he starts with this one. My students will bring this up to me all the time. If they have fallen off studying a little while or they're frustrated because they're not remembering words that they know they've already learned, they'll start to get really hard on themselves will be frustrated with the fact that they can't remember. But this is just a function of the brain I I give them the example, then, of algebra. I was a very good math student. I always did well in algebra, trigonometry, whatever. Math came pretty easily to me. I didn't love it, but I did well with math. However, if you were to place an algebra problem in front of me right now, I would not know where to begin because I don't use algebra in my life or in my work. If your brain is not consistently using information, it's going to get rid of it. It's going to dump it. And I want to use a brain dump because if any of you have seen the movie Inside Out, which I absolutely love, then you'll know that they depict this part of the brain as like the memory dump, right? They have all of these memories filed. They go through every once in a while and take inventory. And if they find that the memory is no longer useful, then it gets placed on the cart to go be taken to the memory dump. This movie does such a brilliant job at explaining the complexities of the mind in a really enjoyable, easy-to-relate visual way. We all know the statement, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's absolutely true. I've seen it in my own life with Spanish. I see it with my students. You can prove it over and over again in your own life with information that you once studied and knew very well, but don't use and therefore have forgotten. Language is no different, and if you're not in a situation where you're constantly surrounded by it, then you have to create that consistency is what I talked about on last week's episode as far as repetition in order to remember vocabulary, right? So he says study a little bit every day. Studying might mean reviewing vocab in whatever format you've decided to study your vocab, flashcards or an app or whatever. It might mean practicing some phrases you've learned trying full sentences, practicing those out loud, working on pronunciation, it might mean listening and speaking practice. But try to study a little bit every day. So he says study a little bit, but then his second piece of advice is to study for 45 to 60 minutes per day. He says, any less you'll struggle to make progress, any more you're likely to lose focus. When I picked up Spanish again on my own, I would say I was probably studying an hour a day, five to seven days a week for almost a year. If the thought of that is so daunting that it prevents you from even trying to study, then cut that number down to something that's reasonable for you, right? Maybe 20 minutes a day. Sometimes I would sit down to practice and I'd say just 20 minutes, but then once I got into it, I really enjoyed it. I I loved the feeling of progressing and I love the learning process, so... I would end up studying for longer than I had set out to. I'm just going to reiterate that he's learned eight languages, so I think that this is solid advice studying for 45 to 60 minutes per day. But if you feel like that's an extremely unreasonable goal for you and then you're going to go through the process of berating yourself and feeling guilty and feeling like you're not progressing and then giving up, then it's not a great goal for you personally. I would say let his first tip be the trump card here. Consistency matters more than just about anything. So what is it that you can be consistent with as far as your study habits? Number three, he says, take a few weeks off from studying from time to time. You might be surprised how much you learn when you stop trying. All of my students go through the reality of falling off track sometimes with their studying. Not being able to get to it, having extremely busy weeks, having a crazy schedule, and not practicing like they'd like to. And I tell them all that I've been there too. I've gone through falling off track and having to get back on. It's okay. He's actually recommending that from time to time you take time off. Like anything, it might be even an important part of recentering, refocusing, and polishing how you study if you take a break from it for a little while. Number four, listen carefully to this one. Read stories while listening to the audio at the same time. There is no better language learning activity. Besides Ali Richards, another source that I use for best practices in language learning is Steve Kaufman, who knows 20 languages, I believe. And he stresses the same message, the importance of listening with a transcript. Right? Being able to find something where you can practice training your ear while you're also seeing the words written out. This is one of your most important ways to practice when you're learning the language. And if you're not doing this, then you're doing yourself an injustice in your progress of listening comprehension, which we all know is crucial and is often one of the places where we struggle most when we start to learn a language. There are two websites that I use quite often with my students that have exactly this, audios that have the transcripts there, and the first one that I'll tell you about even has a normal speed conversation as well as a slowed down version, and that is fluencyprof.com. I will also leave the links to these websites in the episode notes, fluencyprof.com. The other website is (laughs) learnpracticalspanishonline.com. Just a short and sweet URL for you, learnpracticalspanishonline.com. Again, I will put the URL for that website in the episode notes. Tons of audio with the transcript there, plus on learnpracticalspanishonline.com you can download the audio so you don't have to just be sitting there at your computer or whatever listening to it. You could download it so that maybe after a few times of listening with the transcript, you can also just practice listening to it by itself and you have that file there on your phone for you so you can listen to it on the go. But please make sure that this activity, listening with the text, is part of how you practice. Number five, he says, practice speaking often. Three times a week is the minimum if you're serious about improving. He says you learn to speak by speaking. I had a lot of people who asked me how to improve their speaking and listening and I tell them by speaking and listening, by doing it is the only way you'll get better. I'm sorry, there is no secret recipe for it, it's just you have to practice it consistently. And I can attest to this, personally. I have polished so much of my ability to communicate effectively in Spanish by communicating ineffectively. (laughs) by realizing that what I said wasn't clear. And so I know I need to rework that and ask them how it is I can say this better, right? But I only had that lesson by making myself do it. In the three years or so that I've picked up Spanish on my own, I have followed about this amount of consistency, maybe at least three times a week speaking in Spanish. Number six, he says, delete every language learning app from your phone. Just because it's on your phone doesn't make it useful. This is by far one of my most frequently asked questions. People ask me all the time for recommendations on language learning apps, and I simply cannot recommend a method I have not used. I did not use an app to get where I am in Spanish at all. I haven't used a single app. I downloaded the Anki Flashcard app to try to see how I liked it and see if it's something that I would recommend to my students. I still would rather practice vocab other ways rather than an app. That's not to say that people haven't had success with apps. You have to be a little objective about this one. How much is the app actually helping you progress? It might be helping you progress if it keeps you consistent. That's a plus. But if you can't practice speaking with an app, which usually you can't, then it's going to be falling short of getting you to where you want to be. Also what I hear from many people is that apps leave a lot of gaps in helping the user understand why they're using what at certain times. Ollie's take on apps is to delete every language learning app on your phone. <laughs> I'm gonna say do some soul searching and ask yourself how much your apps are really supporting your learning. Number seven. He says, YouTube is not your teacher. Learn in an environment where you're in control, not the algorithm. I think that's a valuable perspective. What I will say about YouTube is that if you have decided you're going to learn a specific country Spanish, like you really want to focus on Colombian Spanish because your significant other's family is from Colombia then YouTube is an excellent resource because of how many people are creating content from that specific country. You can find a lot of accounts and learn their dialect, the vocab they use, their sayings, learn about the culture from YouTube creators. So that is my pitch for YouTube. Lastly, he says, there's no such thing as a destination, so make sure you enjoy the language learning journey. I talked about this as of the first episode. You want to enjoy this process. You need to fall in love with the process of learning this language if you hope to actually be proficient in it. I did a consultation once with somebody who already spoke four languages and was struggling with Spanish and recognized 100% that it was because of his attitude towards the language and maybe the place where he was living at that time. His success in, in learning a language was not because he can't, he already speaks four languages. It's that he wasn't enjoying the process or maybe the experience of living where he was, and that was his biggest barrier in being successful in the language. Enjoy the journey. Okay, we're gonna slide into part two. A little bit of pronunciation practice. And there's three things in particular that I want to cover. One, we'll be looking at vowel sounds. Two, the letter D, and three, R's. Plus, we're also gonna talk about the natural slurring that happens with native speakers. And let's start with that. The natural way of speaking, which is that we combine words, we put words together, and first, to prove my point, I want to talk about how we do this in English without realizing it. We're all very in tune to it when we're learning a language and we're hearing other people speak and it's like, they put all their words together, it sounds like one giant word. But let me give you a couple examples of how we do this every single time we speak in our own language. When I was in Puerto Rico in June, I was staying with my friend and she was making breakfast. I came out into the kitchen. So I said to her, what you making? And she said, huh? Because I said, whatcha? The word are doesn't even exist in the word whatcha. What are you making? Sounds like what you makin? Do you know how often we use whatcha, English speakers? What you doing? What you up to? What you makin? Whatcha? Let's look at where are you. Where are you? Where you at? Imagine how hard that would be for someone who hasn't trained their ears listening to native speakers. They learned where are you. Where are you? Is what it sounds like. Where are you? So we do this too. It's just that we're very trained to hear these things and we don't even have to listen to every word in our own language. Our brain will naturally fill in the gaps if we don't catch every word. We don't have that ability yet in our second language. And the only way it gets better is by doing it, is by listening, okay? Now, that being said, yes, Spanish is spoken faster than English. There are a few studies that show that Spanish speakers clock more syllables per second than English speakers. Of course, you can't really generalize the rate of speech. It will vary greatly, and it does from country to country. Mexican Spanish tends to be spoken slower. Puerto Ricans speak really fast. A lot of Spaniards also speak very fast. You have to train your ear. And if at the beginning it feels like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna get this, let me tell you that yes, you are. Your brain is hardwired to communicate. Once upon a time, I couldn't understand Spanish. Now I can't not understand it. And that just happened with time and consistent practice. I'm not made of any special stuff that you're not made of. Boyati, you got it. Okay, let's get into some pronunciation practice. So I wanna look at vowel sounds. There's two ways that two vowels next to each other can work. They can either come together and make one beautiful harmonious sound or they're each gonna get their own pronunciation. Hey. The next three phrases that we're going to practice are in the episode notes. So if you'd like to read along as we say these, that might be a good way to practice. I'm gonna use this first sentence as the example of the vowel sounds that I want to highlight today, which is the two sounds coming together to make one or needing to pronounce each vowel sound separately. When there is a UE, they together are going to make one sound. A Couple of examples of words with UEs would be abuela, abuela, the U-E is making basically the sound of way. Abuela, abuela, a U-E-R ends up sounding like the word where, so suerte, suerte, or fuerza, fuerza, la puerta. This is another one. On the other hand, when there's an I-E, they're each going to get their own pronunciation. For example, siempre, siempre. Notice that I have to pronounce both the I and E. Siempre. Let's look at our first sentence. It sounds like, Mi abuela tiene seis nietos. My grandmother has six grandchildren. Mi abuela tiene seis nietos. So the UE in abuela needs to come together. The IE in tiene and nietos need to each have their own sounds. And then there's the word seis. E-I, those vowels also come together to make the sound of, like the card, ace, ace, seis, okay? Mi abuela tiene seis nietos. Try that one more time. Mi abuela tiene seis nietos. Muy bien. In our next example, we're going to focus on the pronunciation of the letter D, which in this fantastic little pronunciation guide that a student shared with me, was compared to the sound of the letter TH in this this. Notice that the TH in the English word this sounds different than it does in thought. Thought. The th in thought is a bit more th, th, thy. <laughs> and the TH in this is a little bit less thy. <laughs> Could this be while I get criticized by some linguistic experts? Nah, the thing is I want to explain things in a way that the average person can understand, and saying something like a voiced veil or fricative doesn't mean anything to the average person, correct? So instead, think about the difference between this and thought. The TH of this is what you want to compare the sound of the letter D to in Spanish. Pronounce the word todos, todos, T-O-D-O-S, todos. If it sounds like todos, then you're not bringing your tongue towards your teeth enough and instead you're pronouncing it like we do in English. The tongue is hitting the roof of your mouth rather than the teeth. Todos. Most consonant sounds in Spanish are softer than they are in English. So, let's practice with the following sentence. It's going to sound like Laura hace ejercicio todos los días. Laura works out every day. Laura hace ejercicio todos los dias. One more time slow. Laura hace ejercicio todos los dias. This phrase is also a perfect example of how sounds will run together in natural speech. If I'm not pronouncing it slowly, it's going to sound like Laura hace ejercicio todos los dias. Laura hace ejercicio todos los dias. The a at the end of Laura is going to run into the a sound at the beginning of ase. Laura ase. The e sound at the beginning of ejercicio is going to run into the e sound at the end of ase. Ase ejercicio. Laura hace ejercicio todos los días. When a word ends with a vowel and the following word starts with a vowel sound, then they will run together and it'll have that effect of sounding slurry while you're still training your ear but it'll get better with time, and it might get better if you practice it that way too and see how you naturally will end up combining words. Our last sentence is to help us with the R sound. We have both a rolled R or trilled R and a single R in this sentence. If you're still learning how to roll your R's, then send me a message, Truly. I have a couple videos that I like of people who have taught themselves how to roll their R's. I've always been able to, so I think it's better to learn from somebody who had to go through the process themselves, okay? Now, for those who can roll their R's, sometimes I find it just needs polishing of when it happens, of how it sounds in a word. So there's a lot of different tongue twisters you can do to practice the rolled R sound versus the single R sound. It's important over time to be able to be precise about when you're rolling your R's or not. I'm working with a student right now on rolling less in the word perro because perro is dog, perro is butt. You want to make sure that when you're saying but, it's actually but and not dog. Normally I work on Mondays, dog I have off tomorrow. (laughs) Is what you're saying if you say normalmente trabajo los lunes, perro, mañana tengo libre, okay? All right, let's try this phrase. So we're going to roll the R in perro and then we're going to just do a single R sound in afuera. Tongue to the roof of your mouth as if it's the sound of the letter T in butter, butter. Strictly butter. Hay un perro afuera de mi casa. There's a dog outside of my house. Hay un perro afuera de mi casa. One more. Hay un perro afuera de mi casa. Here we get to see that U-E-R sound, sounding like where, afuera. And we also get to practice differentiating between the sound of a rolled R, perro, versus the single R sound, afuera. Hay un perro afuera de mi casa. Hay un perro afuera de mi casa. Muy bien, chicos. Like I said, please feel free to reach out if you'd like some recommendations for practicing the R sound or the rolled R sound. I have a number of, you could call them tongue twisters that can help you practice polishing that sound. The R sound is part of what makes Spanish sound so good. And we all wanna have a nice rolled R sound. So happy to give you some recommendations on that. Consistency matters more than just about anything, so study a little every day. What is a goal that keeps you consistent? What is a way of practicing that keeps you consistent, that keeps you enjoying the process? It's the same message that I've given a number of times, and people who have learned many languages say the same thing let go of this idea that there is one perfect way to study and instead seek out the way that keeps you consistently practicing and continuously enjoying the process of learning. As always keep in touch let me know if you have any questions or recommendations. I'm very open to constructive feedback and I really sincerely want to help and I'll only know if I'm helping if you let me know what it is you need help with. Okay, so, find me on Instagram and TikTok at Carrie B, K E R R Y B E underscore, and on Facebook at Spanish with Carrie. That's all I got for today. Thanks for listening.